Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Well, good morning, Ayers on the Road listeners, and Merry Christmas to all of you. If it is morning when you're listening to this, wow, we are out in Utah and we're waiting for snow today. Waiting for snow. Last year at this time, I think we had six feet of snow here at our house in Park City, and today there's merely a skiff. We're wondering if we'll get a white Christmas. It says it's going to snow, but I don't know. You don't always believe those guys. Well, we especially want a white Christmas this year because we've got 15 grandkids <laughs> coming for Christmas, and boy, we better have snow. We got the sleds, we got the skis, we got everything ready to go, the saucers, and no snow. <laughs> I know. And actually, this is very unusual for us because usually we've been going to somebody else at Christmas because we um, all of our children live away. And suddenly, two of our families have moved back. Maybe we mentioned that before because we're kind of excited about it um, <laughs> until we realize the realities. It's a whole different world. A whole different <laughs> world. We got stuff to do now. We got uh, our time is not our own. No kidding. You grandparents who live close to a lot of grandkids know how how time consuming and in a wonderful way it can be when you live close to your grandkids yeah. and, and the, the families of ours that live further away are feeling a little left out. Although one of them said to me the other night, Linda, you know, the, the problem with those who are there living close to you is that they, you take each other for granted. You can run down the street and see them anytime. But we, when you come to visit us, you're all ours. You're focused on us. You got nothing else on your agenda but our family. And there is, there is some truth. Yeah, to that. there is. And it's, it's so interesting. Um, I think that you are as excited as a uh, elf. <laughs> <laughs> About having these kids here, and and I am too. Obviously, it's just so fun. But and then there's those of you who have children who live with you. There's a lot of listeners Grand, out there, grandchildren probably who live with grandchildren, you. children, <laughs> and grandchildren living with you. And it really is um, that's a whole different story. But wow, these grandkids are so exciting. But on Christmas, what could be better than gathering? You know, it's just a wonderful thing. And the the title of, the, of today's show is Joy to the World. What the phrase we've all said so often that typifies Christmas in so many ways. We were able to go to the Mormon Tabernacle Choir Christmas concert last night, and the joy of the music that goes on there. But but this one great song, Joy to the World. What what it means and what it can do, and joy joy is the goal of Christmas. I guess if you can say it that way, and it's always been such a key, important word for us all these years, Linda. And just a little three-letter word. I opened a couple of, uh, excuse me, a couple of Christmas cards yesterday, and both of them just said "joy" on the on the front of the card. And I thought, that's it. That's the three-letter meaning of Christmas. And I guess for years we've we've had certain friends that we've talked to about. Sort of, and our kids too. That this dialogue about the difference between happiness and joy, and there is a difference. There's a profound difference, I think. Yeah, I do too. Uh, it involves a lot of things, and there's a quote on the back of our daughter's Christmas card, or actually, does a Thanksgiving card um, this year, and I love it. It says, "We can only be said to be alive in those moments when our hearts are conscious." 
of our treasure. And I think that is really applies to joy. I mean, we do need to be conscious of our treasures. You were saying earlier, we kind of take it for granted when we see kids all the time and yeah, when we have yeah. things to do. But our treasure is so amazing. I love calling it the treasure because that is what it is. It's something so special. And if we can just pluck out that moment and well, really what, enjoy it. What we want to get to today is, is maybe some soft suggestions or ideas about how to bring how to bring more joy into Christmas for children and, and, and kind of leading up to that, just following up on what you said, Linda, you know, the intensity with which we feel things is so important. We've been, we've been thinking a lot lately and even giving a, doing a little speaking on, on time. How do you slow time down? How do you, why does it seem as we get older that time is flying by faster than ever before? Um, you notice it in all kinds of ways. I was looking at the moon last night and it's, it's waning and it's down. It's almost down to a quarter of a moon. And I'm like, wait, it was just full two days ago or three days ago. How, you know, there's so many things that remind us of how, or just the fact that it's Christmas again. And some of us feel like we just wrapped up Christmas. Or, yeah. Didn't it seem like Christmas was forever when you were a little child from yeah, Christmas yeah. to Christmas was so long. You just waited and waited and waited. It never came. And now that we're adults, it's like, boom, boom, so boom. How, so, how, there. Yeah, so how does that happen? Because time is an absolute. I mean, you look at a clock, it passes at the same rate. By the way, if you really want to slow time down, watch a clock. Watch the second hand on a clock <laughs> and how long it takes for one minute to go by. So how do whole weeks slip by? How do how does time fly so fast? And well, you think you've got this figured out. I, we've kind of figured out that traveling helps to slow down. Well, changing, time. changing things up. Changing it seems things, like yeah. when you're in a rut or when you're in a routine or you're in a pattern and it just happens the same way every day. Suddenly you look up and a week's gone and a month's gone and so on. But it is, um, it ties into this thing of joy because it seems to me, Linda, that when, when you're, when you're feeling something intently, time goes very slow. This is a funny example to use, but imagine one of those nights when you're waiting for your kids to come home, your teenage kids, and they're out past their curfew, <laughs> and you're waiting for them. You're worried about them. What could have happened? Could there be a car accident, or uh, who are they with? How? And, and this was even more true before the days of cell phones when you didn't have any way to reach them. But it's still true today because a lot of these kids never answer their phones. Or so their batteries die. Their battery yeah. dies. So you're waiting. You're, you're worried. And notice how slowly time goes when you're so worried. You look at the clock and you're worried it's only been five more minutes. And where are these kids? And so on. And the intensity of the feeling you have of the worry sort of slows time down. But then, you know what happens. They come home. And they're fine and everything's great. And suddenly, if you're not careful, your angst and your anxiety sort of pivots on a dime and you're mad at them. You're like, Why, where have you been? You forgot your curfew. What is going on with you? And, and sort of all that intensity of longing goes out the window and you're back to just being a naggy parent who's mad and, and so on. And then, and then after you think for a minute, you say, well, I'm so thankful you're home safe. But sometimes the thankful part is so surface it's like well yeah i'm glad you're home I'm thankful and and i was thinking to myself what if what if our gratitude for little things could be as intense as our worry was or what if 
you know, what if something had happened? What if there was an accident or there was a problem? Think of the intensity of the feeling you'd have and compare it to the sort of lighthearted, well, thanks, I'm glad you're home. If we could just feel things more intently, or if when I say I love you, Linda, if I, if I could do it, if I could really think of it, it's not just agreeing. You don't no, really no, think no, it. No, I really love you. Happen. No, I really love you and feel it more, you know? The depth of the feeling sort of slows down the time, don't you think? I do. You know, um, the reason Richard is waxing strong about this is that I uh, I always worry about him when he's alone in a car for a long time. He went down to St. George <laughs> this week. and uh, I had a lot of time to a, think. That's like nine <laughs> hours in the car. And... Honestly, he just can't quit thinking of new ideas. He's been so excited this week about slowing time down. When I when we have to caravan down there, because we have some horses down there, when we have to caravan down there, I go behind him in a car, and he is with the horse trailer in front of me. And I know exactly when he's got a new idea because he slows down to about 50, sometimes 40. Well, maybe that ties in, slowing down driving oh, maybe slowing maybe, down time. Yeah. I'm like, know? oh, no, oh, no, he's getting another idea. Oh, my gosh. Here we go again. It really is amazing to be married to a man who thinks of about 10 ideas every day. Well, we got to tie this back into joy, but it, but I do think it's... Well, that's joyful. Uh, the, yeah, well, it, it does tie in because the intensity of feeling ties in. And even even in sports, I, I don't know how many of you will relate to this, but, but really good players um, talk about the game slowing down for them. You know, when they're really feeling good, basketball players, the ball, the... the the rim seems big. It seems easy, and, and the game slows down. Um, Tom Brady, a great quarterback, saying, "When when I'm really on, you know, everything. The game slows down. I have time to make all my reads to see where the receivers are, and there is something magical about getting time to sort of almost pause while you really feel something." And and I hope that happens for a lot of us at Christmas. Well, especially at Christmas. and Those moments, you know, when you really feel. As a young mother, you know, you just have to watch for the moments and relish them when they happen because usually it's just chaos, you know. It's just so crazy trying to make your kids happy and find things that people need and send things to, to you know, people that you only send things to once a year. It really is. But if you're doing it uh, as a job, right? I mean, that's, I think that that's perfect. Yeah. That's what we're saying. Like if, let's say you're sending out Christmas cards and you're like, oh my gosh, I got 50 more to do. How am I getting them all done? I'm trying to hand address them. It's taking me forever, you know, and, and as opposed to, oh, I'm sending this one to, to Pat and Bill. Let me think about them, how much I love them. I haven't seen them for a while. They're my friends from college or whatever. And you're feeling everything as you go along taking the time to feel then that that's i think that's where yeah. the little the, we all know that joy comes in moments right i mean joy right. isn't like a constant flow there, there's moments of intense joy and we we hopefully get a lot of them at christmas but how can we get more of those you know i felt that last night we uh, were with these families that have all of a sudden been here and uh, one of our families has just moved into a new house. Literally, I think we talked about this. The moving truck came last week, and we've been helping them pile stuff in. But it's been a week since I've been there. And now we went in, and the Christmas tree was up, and it felt so warm and homey and so on. And I just put my arms around my daughter and said, this is so beautiful. I'm so happy you're here. This is so it's so wonderful. Just feel this moment. It's so beautiful. 
And, you know, if you do take the time to do that, it really makes a difference in your day and in their day. You know, if you take a moment to really express appreciation and joy as you experience it. I don't know if that'll come to me as I think you remind me of this wonderful poem that we used to know, Linda, that, uh, that sort of captures the difference between happiness and joy. I've never been able to find who the author is. I think it's one of those poems you find and it says anonymous, but uh, I think it goes like this. Happiness is a thing of here and now, the bright leaf in the hand, the moment's sun, the fight accomplished or the summit won. Happiness is a lifting, buoyant kind of thing that lifts the bird more surely on its wing. Um, when things go well, happiness may start, but joy is secret smiling of the heart. I love that. I love that. Good so, for you for remembering that. Wow. So it's just kind of a pause where you go from happiness to joy, and there's this this intense feeling, and and I think. It's the perfect word for Christmas. If you, it occurs so many times in the scriptures of the Christmas story. You know, I, I, the, what the angels say: "I bring you good tidings of great joy." And what did the shepherds feel when they saw the star? They they, they felt joy. And if if you go back to the and and what did what did Elizabeth feel, the mother of John the Baptist, when when she heard Mary's voice, both both Mary and Elizabeth were pregnant and Mary came to visit Elizabeth and, and the scripture is so interesting. It says that uh, the baby leapt within Elizabeth, leapt with joy. The infant, the, the embryo, the baby leapt with joy at hearing Mary's voice. Well, we need to take a brief break, but we're going to explore this subject a little further after the break of joy at Christmas and how to increase those moments when we feel it. So we'll be right back. Hang on. we're back we're talking about joy and a season of joy and if you're not feeling any joy at all we hope you feel better by the time you listen in the next few minutes because <laughs> it really is a time of um, craziness as well as joy and we have to part the curtains and make room for joy in this season because that's what it's all about you know way back when we met Linda and I don't even I'm not even going to say how many years ago that was because you know we may have some listeners out there who have no idea how old we are, so let's keep it that way, yeah, right? Okay, okay. Let's keep it that way. But I remember, even when we were dating early in our relationship, the word joy just became really prominent for us. And part of the reason was that uh, we both love a scripture that that says, um, "Adam fell that men might be, and men are that they might have joy." Now, men encapsulating also women i mean just meaning humans and and the idea that you know if you put it in context adam fell in other words adam and eve became mortal the human race entered mortality in order that we might have joy so so you could certainly say from that scripture that the interpretation there would be that the purpose a key purpose of life of life on this earth of mortal life is to find joy and and to those who believe in a, a life before this life it's interesting to reflect that joy must be a pretty com complex thing because we come into this world where we have 
opposition and pain and problems and challenges along with the happiness and those wonderful moments we've been talking about. And somehow it's the mix of all that, the intensity, the feelings, the ups and downs, the highs and lows that create this bigger thing called joy, which is bigger than happiness. People who master this, I'm convinced, can find joy even in their sorrow. They can find joy even in their challenges. And the purpose of mortality being being this, this wonderful, sort of mysterious, magical thing called joy. You know, I have a friend who um, whose daughter and son, son, son and daughter-in-law had a little baby. Um, and they knew before he arrived that he was going to have serious issues because, gosh, I can't remember the name of the thing, but his bones are like... So no, brittle break, that he yeah. breaks a bone almost every week. He broke several bones just being born. And uh, they have him in the doctor all the time. The parents have now learned to set his bones when they break because they just feel like it's no Ooh. sense in going back Ooh. to the hospital. They have to know how to do all the equipment because he often has to be on an inhaler because his uh, diaphragm doesn't support his lungs very well. And you just think, oh, this is the end. This, this is the worst thing that could happen to How me. How could you ever associate that with joy? And yet all the joy they felt Oh, my this, gosh. They adore that little child so much. They, it has, he has given them so much joy. It is really quite incredible what it has done to their family. Not that it's easy. It's the hardest thing in the world. But it is just amazing. He's two years old now, and he has his own little wheelchair he falls out of once in a while and breaks a few bones and then they take him to the hospital and then uh, he comes back with a smile it is just incredible i mean really difficult things are in the lives of a lot of people probably a lot of listeners but you know in the end um things make us stronger when things like that happen it makes us stronger and it gives us joy that's kind of what we're here for is to have hard times well and then again it's that intensity of feeling and um you know, I think at Christmas, there's this opportunity to really focus on that. It's it's a kind of a thing where happiness just wouldn't work if you put it in as a substitute word for joy. It, uh, maybe here's a way to think about it, Linda. You know, we always, we talked a couple of weeks ago on this show, and we've, we've given speeches on this because we, we think it's so important that, you know, you want to, as a parent, you want to sort of somehow find a way to, differentiate or separate in your kid's mind the sort of happy part of Christmas, the the, the, the Santa Claus and the, the lists and the reindeer and all the imagination and so on. That's great, but you want to find a way to separate or differentiate that from the Jesus part, from the joy, the real joy, the real all-encompassing beauty of the Savior's birth and of the fact that he is our Savior. And, and that's one way to think about that is that you, there, there's room at Christmas for happiness and for joy. The happiness is the Santa stuff and the joy is the Jesus stuff. And I, I like to think about it that way. And I was also thinking that, um, that, and again, this goes back a lot of years, the very first book that I ever wrote, I'd actually co-authored a couple of books before this one, but the very first one that was just my book, was a book called The Discovery of Joy. And we should go read it again sometime, Linda, because, I mean, I remember so much the discovery process of trying to understand what really is joy and how does it come and 
And I remember this much about it, thinking back all those years that we decided together, I was the one writing the book, but you were heavily involved as we thought about it, that there's sort of four levels of joy. Level one is just just being on the earth. It's just it's it's being physical. It's it's having a body. It's having eyes. It's having ears. It's it's having the, the mountains outside. It's the earth and the and the body, the, the, the gifts. They're just gifts, and we get a lot of joy out of them. Then joy level two is when you elevate that. When you use that body and that mortality and so on to form two things: relationships and achievements. In other words, you do something with yourself. You, 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 and and out of the relationships, you get joy of, of another level, and out of the things you accomplish, I mean, it's always a joy of, of some kind to get something done to accomplish it. Then the third level we decided was when you overlay it with a with a perspective of the gospel, you overlay it with the idea of knowing why things happen, why we're here where we came from, where we're going, that, that sort of bigger picture enhances the joy and takes it to level three. And then level four, the hardest and most elusive one of all, is sort of divine approbation. It's feeling God's pleasure with you or feeling that you're becoming a better person or that God is pleased with you or that you have done right in a way. And that that's very cursory as an overview, but my point is that joy is something that's worth thinking about and almost analyzing and, and why, how do we have more of it? And we keep coming back to this idea that joy comes in moments, but if you're aware and you're watching for them and you're thinking of in, in a more intense way, you can increase the number of joy moments you feel. And what better time than Christmas when you're, around the people you love most and thinking of the Savior. That, that's the joy. And what we're trying to do is be more like him during this season. And, um, boy, if you have any problems figuring something out, go to at light the world, hashtag light the world. Oh, yeah. Um, and it'll give you a suggestion every single day of something wonderful to do. Down at the Joseph Smith building now, they have um, vending machines where you can actually – buy something to give away to somebody that's in need, or they have cards that suggest something that you can do to really, actually it's, it's a joy machine. <laughs> it a gives joy you machine. joy. There you go. Um, because it gives you joy to serve people. Our uh, congregation at church have a project this year that's quite involved and the ladies in charge is so dear because she's been working with refugees all, seems like all of her life she just got back from Africa. But now she's working with refugees in our community. And our job is to visit these people, the Karen people from Burma. And uh, it really has been an amazing eye-opening experience for many people in our ward. We teach a Sunday school class, and we have a young mother who said last week that she took their little children down to this little humble home where they otherwise would never have a chance to see. There was no place to sit. They all sat on the floor. And they talked about the nativity, and she just said it was one of the sweetest experiences. And we have our nativity ready, but it's not never easy. It's never easy to serve people. You have to work at it. No, and but that's the key. I mean, you've just hit on the real key. I'm sure some listeners have been away. When are you going to get to service? Because that's where the real joy comes at Christmas, when you help an orphan or you 
go to the soup kitchen or you help a refugee and so on. And that's where you get your kids. Again, it's part of it is identifying it, right? Like, let's say you're, you know, the kids are excited for Christmas morning and they're waiting for Santa Claus. But in the meantime, you go and do some service somewhere or, or feed the homeless or something. Then you got to almost stop and, and look your child in the eye and say, what are you feeling right now? And help them identify this joy when it comes so that they can really grasp it. Yeah. You just think, how can I do this? And, and you know, the how to is really at light the world, but also um, we live downtown part of the time in Salt Lake city. And there are so many homeless people down there just begging for money all the time. And we used to carry cards from local stores so they could go get something to eat and to give them. And uh, lately we've started <laughs> buying out thermal underwear, thermal underwear <laughs> to give them because that you so can cold. certainly use it so freezing. But then I don't know, maybe how they, do they go how put do it, they it on. Put I don't it know. I mean, uh, <laughs> they, they must have somewhere where they can go to the bathroom at least. But anyway, there, you can try, you can think of things to do, but it really is. It does change your life to well, just spread the, spread the blessing. And I was just going to say before we run out of time that, that many listeners know that we, again, many years ago, started a preschool program called Joy School. And again, it relates back to this same thing that we felt like joy is what parents most want to give their kids. The younger they are, the more quickly they are often to feel joy. And um, we also have a thing. We do secrets with our grandkids. And one of the secrets that they all love the most is entitled joy. And it's very simple. It says joy is the purpose of life and a choice you make. And it's so fun to have, and this will happen over Christmas, Linda, the kids will say, the kid will say something like, you know, I used that secret the other day. I was having a bad day and, and uh, my friend wasn't nice to me at lunch. And I just said to myself, wait, joy, it's the purpose of life and a choice you make. I'm, I'm just going to choose to be happy. I mean, it's so simple for kids. Just choose to be happy. Choose to have joy. And we have to work a little harder at it as as uh, as adults. But uh, again, I get back to identifying moments, Linda, like just and do it for yourself. You're in the bustle of Christmas. Let's say you're at a dinner or you're with friends or you're shopping or whatever. Just stop for a minute. Take a deep breath. Look around. Let it sort of seep into you and identify it and say, this is joy. I'm feeling joy right now. And just take a minute and feel it. And there are moments every day, even when just you and I are here together which isn't as often as it used to be. (laughs) Um, It's so great to just appreciate your spouse, appreciate the things they do and really let them know how much you love them because, you know, love is the, is the ingredient of of joy. Yeah. And stop with your kids and and just take them by the shoulders and look in the eye and at one of those nice moments of Christmas and say, what are you, what are you feeling right now? Oh, I'm feeling happy. Well, what are you really feeling now? And let them, let them think about it because that's our goal as parents at Christmas is to feel joy and help our children to feel joy. Yeah. So you moms out there, you grandmothers, <clears throat> try to replace joy with anxiety. <clears throat> try to replace joy with anxiety? Because Other way around. There's Re- so- replace anxiety. Oh, right, joy. right. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. The other way would be easy. The other way would be easy. <laughs> Um, and even if you're really, you know, having a really hard time this Christmas, my dear friend's brother-in-law just died of brain cancer. 
and uh, we were at a funeral. And there was so much joy at that funeral celebrating his life, even though he was quite young and it was this, a tragedy. It really does bring uh, joy to our lives. Beauty from ashes. May this Christmas have a lot of moments of joy for you. We, we love you as listeners. Hope you'll tune in often, and we'll see you next time on Ayers on the Road. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.